this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you today, God, that there is freedom in you. God, that we can call on your name and you are an ever-present help in the time of our need. God, we thank you today that in you we live, we move, we have our very being. So, Father, today we give you praise and we give you thanks for all that you have done for us. God, we thank you for it today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. May be seated today. Hallelujah. Want us to look at Second Kings chapter thirteen, starting in verse fourteen today. Second Kings chapter thirteen and verse fourteen. The Bible said Elisha had become sick with an illness which he would die. Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows, and then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow, and he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, Open the east window, and he opened it. And Elijah said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrows of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Apec, is that right? Till you have destroyed them. And then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and he stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you, struck, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it, but now you will strike Syria only three times. I want to talk to you this morning, and if I had a title or a subject, it would be, don't stop until. Don't stop until. One of the things that we are learn as an early in our life as a child, the, one of the first things we're taught is to be able to count. Before we are taught to read, before we are taught to write, before we are taught anything else, we are taught how to count. We, we spend our lives counting. All of us are counting something. Uh, it, it, something. We may be counting something that matters. We may be counting something that doesn't matter. Some people count calories. They're fun to watch at the restaurant. They get their phone out. They look on there and pull up to see how many calories is in the Big Mac. <laughs> Too many. Whenever you're on a diet or counting calories and you go to, 
to McDonald's, the best advice I have for you is leave the phone in your pocket because nothing at McDonald's has just enough calories for a good meal. Come on, somebody. But it's fun to watch folks when they're counting their calories. Some, some count things that matter, some that don't. Some count Facebook likes. They have a bad day if they post and they don't get enough likes on their post. And, and it just messes up their whole day because they didn't get enough likes. Uh, some people, I, I, I'm confident, they, they count stupid people. Especially if you're in the business of, of working with retail or doing something like that and, and you come home and, and your spouse asks you, how was your day today? And you say, well, it was pretty good. I only had three stupid people today. And uh, we're counting. We're always counting, right? And, 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 but we, we should count, but we, we, sometimes we count things that don't matter, but there are some things that we, we need to keep count of. There's some things that we need to count. For instance, uh, like since you have been saved, how many people have you led to Christ? That's a good thing to count. Amen. How many people have you led to Christ, to a personal relationship that they seen the Christ in you and said, I want to want that Christ in my life? How many, since you have been walking this road, have, have you been, had the privilege to lead to Christ? Um, maybe how many people have you forgiven today? It's a good thing, especially if it's the same person, Right? Because Jesus told us you need to keep count. <laughs> he said, how many times should I forgive my brother? And he said, seven times. He thought he was doing a great deed. He was counting. But Jesus said, no, 70 times seven a day. Right? Many times we count in life. We keep a count. We, we people, we say, well, how many times have you forgiven me? And, and you say, they're on my last nerve. You're counting your nerves, but you're not counting how many times you forgive them. Right? And so there are some things that are worth counting. Elijah is dying. Joash is, comes as the king, comes to him. And he wants, Elijah is wanting to release to another generation this ability to not stop until he takes the arrows and he strikes the ground and he tells him that, oh, well, let me back up. He opens a window. He has him shoot the arrow representing saying, this is, this is what you're going to do to Syria. This is the arrows representing your destruction. Then he directs him to take the arrows and to strike the ground. He strikes the ground three times and then he stops. And Elijah becomes angry with him, telling him, why did you stop on three? Why didn't you do it five or six times? Because now you, you must understand that you're going to go to war with Syria and you're going to win on three occasions, but after that you will be defeated. If, if you would have continued until, 
if you would have kept pounding the ground, if you would have kept striking the arrows, then you would have annihilated, you would have destroyed, you would have defeated the Syrian army. Amen. And so many times in our life, my question today, my thought today is, how many times have we become close to defeating our enemy, but we stop? How many times have we, we, we have been close to receiving an answer to prayer, but we stopped? How, how many times have we done a thing, but stopped a little too short? And so the challenge today is to don't stop until, amen. Don't stop until. When, when you've been given instructions to go and to dip seven times in the Jordan, amen, your healing is not in the first, the second, the third, the fifth, or the sixth time. Amen. And so if you've been given instructions to go and to dip seven times, you need to keep count. Because you can do it even the sixth time, but the sixth, your miracle is not in the sixth time. Your miracle is in the seventh time. And so your miracle is in the counting. Your miracle is in keeping track with what God has said to you and fulfilling what God has told you. Elijah tells the, the widow to make him a, a meal, right? And she's keeping track. She's keeping count. She says, I, I know that I only have a little bit of meal left and a little bit of oil. And, and she's counting and says, I've got one cake left. And me and my son are going to eat that cake and then we're going to die. Right? But Elijah pushes on her and says, give me that cake. Amen. Give me that first cake and your meal barrel will never grow dry. Your cruise will never run out of oil. In fact, you will not be able to stop counting because there will be a perpetual blessing, right? In obeying the voice of the Lord. Amen. You don't walk around the walls of Jericho for six days and quit. You don't even walk around on the seventh day six times for the walls to fall because the miracle is not in the sixth time on the sixth day going around. The miracle is in the obedience of going six days a, a day and then on the seventh day seven times around and on the seventh time around. Keep counting. Amen. On the seventh time around is when the walls begin to crumble. The enemy was face to face with them and they were able to conquer and overcome their enemy. Praise God. You see, the disciples counted the boy's lunch and they said he has five loaves and two fish. And in their counting, they came up with the, the thought that this is not enough. Have you ever kept count and come to the conclusion this is not enough? This isn't enough for my family. This isn't enough for the, for the direction. This isn't enough for what I need in my life. But yet Jesus says, I know that you've counted it, but you haven't counted it correctly. Because whenever I get a hold of what is in your hand and you give it into my hand, I do not add, I multiply. Hallelujah. And he multiplied the five loaves and the two fish. And you know the story. He said, now just keep counting, boys, because after you feed the multitude, there's still going to be, what? 
12 baskets. Keep counting, right? Keep counting. There's 12 baskets going to be left over. I'm telling you today that we have to keep on until. For those who have stood by the tomb for two days and nobody quits counting it too. Right? You may, have count, you may have come to the tomb of your situation and you've counted to, up to two. But nobody gives, the, it, it stops counting at two. You don't say to your kids, I'm going to give you the count of two. You tell them, I'm going to give you to the count of three. <laughs> right? And sometimes we give our kids more chances than we do God. But they, were, they didn't go there and stand at the tomb for two days. They went there and they stood at the tomb for three days. And on the third day was when they had the until experience, until death could not hold him, until amen, resurrection power came into his body, until victory began to be hurled from an empty tomb that he is not here, but he has risen. It happened on the third day glory to God and so we need to understand that in the act of obedience it may be you say well well uh, how long do you have to count how long is until but I want to tell you today that your blessing might be doing the same thing you've always done just doing it again amen just doing it again you see if you've done it two times why not do it three times if you've done it six times why not seven if if you've done it 20 times what's it gonna hurt to do it 21 times right I don't know what number your miracle might be in but it does come to encourage you to don't stop until you see the breakthrough. Don't stop until you see the answer to prayer. Don't stop until you see the miracle, the word of the Lord released over your life. Praise God. Jesse had eight sons, but, but he stopped at seven. Right? He had eight, but he stopped at seven. When, when they brought... To, to the anointing oil to anoint a king that, that would be over Israel. He, he, he stopped short of the kingship. He, he didn't understand that the king wasn't in seven or the king wasn't in number one. Everybody thought it would be number one. Everyone thought this is our, the eldest, this is the best looking, this is the smartest, this is the wisest, he, all of that. He, he's number one, he, he's going to be the king, but they didn't understand it. What The king wasn't in one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, but the king was in eight, but Jesse stopped at seven. He stopped before he called for the shepherd boy. He stopped before he called for the one who had sheep dung on his feet and, and a messy hair, right? He stopped short of because he said, surely it, it won't be him. 
Surely he can't be the king. He, he's good at shepherding. He's good at taking care of sheep. But, but I just can't see him. It's got to be one of these seven. But, but it, the kingship was not in the seven. It was in the eighth one. And sometimes I believe that, that we look at the circumstance. We look at the situation. And we say there's no way that God can use this. There's no way that God can, can use. It, it, it can't be in that that but I want to tell you today that God takes the most unlikely situations he he takes the most unlikely people he takes the most unlikely timing and circumstances and he gives us a word and says this is what I want you to do and we are given that mandate and we should never stop until the answer comes amen Elijah gets, Elijah understood that he must keep on counting. Elijah was in a drought at his command. And the time had now come for the drought to end. And Elijah went to the mountain to pray. And he told his servant as he is praying, I want you to go and tell me what you see. He goes the first time and he returns and he says, Lord, there isn't nothing. I see nothing. But Elijah's not discouraged. He tells him to go again and continues to pray. He comes back a second time, a third time, a fourth time. He says, I see nothing. There's nothing. There isn't anything in the skies. He sends him even the sixth time. And the man comes back and says, I see nothing. But Elijah continues to pray. He doesn't change his posture because the circumstances are not lining up with what he desires to see. You with me? His posture remains a posture of prayer. His posture remains that of intercession. His posture is not moved by what he sees, what he hears, or his feelings around him. He is only there to fulfill the will of God. What is the will of God? That the drought stops, right? That the rain comes, that, that it begins. And so he has aligned himself in intercession and in prayer with the will of God in the earth. But yet even though the will of God for the earth is rain, there's still a drought. Right? But he has a man in the earth that believes his word. He has a man in the earth that aligns himself with the will of God for the plan of God in the earth. And so now he has access from heaven into the earth because he has somebody that believes the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so now we see Elijah and he is praying and he prays, sends the man, goes, send the man, goes, send six times. He goes and returns with the same thing. But Elijah sends him again in time of prayer and says, go again. And this next time that he goes again, you know the story. He sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. There's a now a shift in the atmosphere. 
There's something visible, physical, that has always been there in the spirit. Are you walking with me? It's always been there. But now it has come into the natural realm. How does it come from the spirit into the natural? Through intercession. It was always the will of God. He said, three and a half years, this drought's over. Now he speaks to the man of God. The man of God lines himself, amen, in a posture of intercession. Thy, as it is in heaven, so let it be in the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And he is praying, and as he is praying, he has someone go look and see if they can see what he's hearing. Right? And so now he, 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 on the seventh time, he hears what uh, the man of God sees what he's been hearing all this time in prayer and intercession. There is a, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. It wasn't much, but it was enough for Elijah to say it's on its way. I think sometimes we get caught up in the natural realm. We get caught up in the natural things and, and God gives us, we begin to pray, we begin to intercede and we see a little thing, but we don't celebrate it. We see a little breakthrough, but we don't celebrate it. The doors open a little bit, but we don't celebrate it. The answer, we see something shifting or changing. But Elijah got a hold of that thing and grabbed a hold of it and celebrated a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, what, what good is a cloud the size of a man's hand whenever a whole nation is in drought? A whole nation is in famine, amen, and you're going to celebrate and get excited about a cloud the size of my hand. But it wasn't about just that cloud the size of his hand. He knew that if that had manifested itself, that there was abundance of rain that was coming because he did not hear a little trickle. He didn't hear a sprinkle. He heard the, the abundance of rain that was coming, glory to God. And he knew that if he had heard that rain was coming and now there was a sign of it, that the fulfillment of this was going to take place and there would be an abundance of rain on the earth amen the small cloud brought an end to a three and a half year drought we've had a lot of clouds this week haven't we we've had a lot of rain and been having to travel a day or two this week, and I, I thought about the clouds, thought about this story, how that it would have been easy to give up on the first, second, third, fifth, sixth time that he prayed and, and didn't see nothing accomplished, right? But it was, was faithfulness to pray until, not stop until, He'd seen what he heard. There are many types of clouds. I'm not a meteorologist. And I'm not going to make any jokes about them because we've already heard them all, right? But there are many types of clouds. There's 
And I don't know the names of them all, but I've seen them. These puffy white clouds, Charmin. They look real puffy and soft and nice, right? And whenever you see those, it, it generally means it's going to be a nice day. It's going to be nice. You have some that, that uh, have designs in them or whatever. Some people are real talented. They can see dragons. They can see horses. <laughs> Got all kinds of things that are in these designer clouds. And, and then, then there's these gray clouds. These gray clouds generally will bring about some kind of precipitation. It'll either be in the form of rain or form of snow. But when you see those dark clouds or gray clouds begin to move in, that, that you know that something is changing. Rain clouds are moisture that are pulled up into the air, right? Very small droplets that are formed, they're gathered up into the clouds, and, and I did a little bit of research on it, and they say that the atmosphere, when it gets uh, heavy, it begins to pull those droplets together and forms rain cloud, raindrops. And whenever the climate, when the atmosphere begins to change and shift, then that atmosphere causes those raindrops to become so heavy that they can, the clouds can no longer hold them and must release them. And they fall back down to the ground. Yes, that's the simple way of saying it. And I thought about that. I said, this is the spiritual principle, right? Of Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and, and do not return there, but water the earth. And make it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I have sent it. Jesus has given us this principle here of the rain for us to understand how to come into the land of his provision or to receive what he says, right? How do we get our prayers answered? How, how did the storm cloud come? How, how did the rain come to, to a land that was in drought for three and a half years? It came through an intercessor. One man heard the will of God and begin to pray the will of God in the earth that was the will of God in the heavens until the will of God in the heavens manifested in the earth. So how do we get our prayers answered? How, how do we receive from God the same way that it rains? Right? He said that as the rain comes down or the snow from heaven and it comes into the earth to water it, 
And he said, then it brings forth and buds, and then there is seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but will accomplish what I please or what I sent it to do. Glory to God. So when we hear the word of the Lord, when we hear the promise of God, and we quit short of receiving that promise, then we are not fulfilling the desire or the will of God in the earth. Right? Secondly, the way that we receive, the reason that we don't receive many times is because we are not praying according to his will. Huh? We... I say we because I join in in the we, but we sometimes complain more than we pray. God, why don't you do this? And these are doing that, and this is doing this, and this isn't working right, and this, this, and that, and God in this, and we don't pray according to His will. Elijah was able to put a stop to a a drought because he prayed according to the will of God, not according to the circumstances. Imagine with me him, him praying and on the fifth time the man coming back and saying, I don't see nothing. Would we continue to pray? Or would we by now said, well, maybe we miss God. Maybe it, wasn't, maybe it wasn't what I thought that he said. Maybe, maybe I, I should change my confession here and now. You know, sometimes we can't keep a confession longer than being in church. Right? And, and we believe God in the moment. We believe God in the atmosphere. We believe the word of the Lord. Amen. In the presence of God, when the spirit of God is strong and anoint him. But when we go back in the nasty now, suddenly we change our confession. Because it's not raining. We're not receiving. The answer's not coming. The situation is not changing. And so we change what is coming out of our mouth. But he says that my word shall not return unto me void. It is not in the release of the word to you. It is in the return of the word to him. That brings forth the promise of God in our lives. Because he did not say that when I release my word, it will not be void. Because he's released his word many times and it has fallen void. Not because he's not able to perform it, but because we have not reciprocated it back unto him. But it is in us believing the report, believing the word of God that he said, if you believe what I have told you, if you believe what I say unto you, then when you say it, my word will not return void, but it will accomplish what I have pleased, what I've sent it to do. And so he is saying to us that when we get into these situations, in these circumstances of life, that we are not to stop until we see the manifestation of what he has spoken over our lives if we declare the decree that he has spoken to us he said it shall prosper in the thing which I've sent it for right and so I want to say to you today to don't give up until you see the word of the Lord manifest in your life rain comes down 
it evaporates and goes back into the sky. And God said, it's the same way with my word. My word comes, but then it has to go back up. Right? And when it goes back up, it is then that it shall prosper in the thing that I've sent it to do. He has blessed us with all good things that pertain unto life and godliness. Right? So we can be sick, we can be in debt, we can be in difficult situations, but we don't speak according to what we see, what we hear, or what we feel. We speak according to the word of the Lord pertaining our situation. And so when we believe that in our hearts, then we return it back unto God. It is in the returning back to him, his word, that he performs what he said he was going to do. Psalms 2 and verse 7, he said, I will declare the decree the Lord has spoken unto me. Verse 1 and 2, he tells us what David was up against. He, was, he, he tells us that, that he was in these difficult times. And, and he says, what are you going to do? He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to decree, de declare the decree the Lord has spoken unto me. In other words, I know I'm in bad situation. I know difficult things are here. I know the circumstances that are surrounding me. What are you going to do, David? He tells him, I'm going to tell you what the Lord has said to me. Right? How is it that I'm going to say what God has said? What has God said? He said, I'm the head and not the tail. He said, I shall not lack. He said, healing is the children's bread. He said, your enemies shall come in one way and go out seven. Amen. He said that we are to prosper, that we are, that our whole house is to be saved. He said that he is to bless us with all spiritual blessings and everything that pertaineth unto life and godliness. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. And God is waiting on someone to say what he has said about them so that as the rain falls down, whenever it goes back into the heavens, it produces something. And God is saying, when my word is released into the atmosphere in faith believe in me it will not return void but it will accomplish what it has been sent to do amen you know the thing about storms and rain I noticed I was driving one day this week and I was headed up the road and I left here and everything looked nice. And every once in a while you can get a surprise downpour. It looked nice, beautiful, and suddenly out of nowhere. It wasn't even, didn't even appear to me a cloud to be in the sky. It looked the same, but suddenly a, a, a downburst just began to go until traffic slowed up to, to 45, 50 mile an hour uh, on the interstate. And, 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 and it came out of nowhere. You know, some people are looking for a breakthrough. Some people are looking for an answer, a direction. And can I just say to you that most of the time that the breakthrough, the answer, the direction isn't in doing something different. Sometimes it's in doing the same thing again. 
being faithful, being persistent, being consistent, continuing to pray, continuing to seek the Lord. Amen. And, and out of nowhere, doing the same thing you did the day before, but being faithful in it and believing the word of God and boom, the answer comes. The downpour, the rain, the blessing, whatever you want to call it. The breath brings wind. The wind brings the rain. The rain brings the flood. The flood brings the healing. The revival that breaks forth and bursts into a new season comes whenever God's people begin to cry out for his purpose, his plan, and his desire to be fulfilled in our lives. Amen? And so whatever it is that we need today, wherever we are today, I just wanted to come and encourage someone today to don't stop until. Wherever you are today, whatever you're going through, don't stop until you see the results. Don't stop until you see the answer to prayer. Don't stop until you see the cloud. That is coming. And when you see the cloud that is coming, put yourself in even more agreement with God's word over your life that he's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me today, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the promise of your word. Thank you that, God, that we don't have to live on merely what we see, what we feel, the circumstances of life. But, God, there is another realm. There is the supernatural realm. There is the realm of the spirit. And so, Father, I pray today that you open our eyes and let us see what we have not seen. Let us believe you for what you have said. Let us return your word back to you. That the reign of heaven, the reign of the spirit, the reign of your purpose and your plans for our lives will be in fulfillment. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Open our eyes today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.